Boomers! Welcome to a new look for 98! As your favorite fortnightly guide to the Sega Sational world of the 1990s and the UK's official Sega Comics says goodbye to one year and hello to a new one! We are the humans who think we're in charge. My name, as always, is Chris McFeely. And my name, as sporadically, is Dave Bulmer. And yes, we're here with issue 120. When did this issue actually come out? It says 13th of January, 98. 1998. Mm -hmm. But actually came out on the 31st of December, as late as it could yeah. possibly be yeah. to be the last issue of 1997. Well, it's you can tell it's from the future, because look at this. 3D yes. Siegematronic <coughs> cover illustration. Because uh, although it was released on the 31st of December, it is really being presented as the, the first issue of 1998, mm -hmm. the beginning of the... Because, of course, it's on sale for... One day of 1997 and 13 days of 1998. It's a new era, because what happens this year? Dreamcast happens this year, just not here. Uh, oh, right, I was going to say, really? Isn't it? Isn't that in Japan, I, I think? I, I, I'm not, I, I believe it, yeah. with great, you know, sorrow in my heart. <laughs> really? The Dreamcast <laughs> yeah, already? I think, I think but the so. Saturn only just happened. Well, maybe not, then. Maybe it is 90. It's 99 no, here, anyway. Well, that sounds... I, I'd absolutely believe it. Shall we look it up? Yes. Let's do that. And while we do that, let's tell the listeners that this issue boasts all new stories, it says. Sonic Revolution. Amy and Techno Breakout. Knuckles and Tails team up. And Decap Attack. Chuck Savings. Plus, there's a Sonic Knuckles and Tails pinup. And, of course, the new look for 98. Because, yes, there's a new oh, yes. uh, version of the... Of the logo. Outwardly, yes. The only difference is that they took the logo that they've been using since the redesign, mm -hmm. two and a half years ago, mm -hmm. and they've uh, made it 3D. Yep, they've just it. turned it a little bit. That's that's what they've done. I bet that's a function of the software they have, and they've actually used... I haven't checked, but I bet they've used the same exact one and just turned it sideways a bit. Otherwise, there'd be a lot of extra hard work. Are you implying that the humans who think they're in charge wouldn't put in hard work? Never. Never would I ever, would I ever suggest that. But I would suggest that anyone with half a brain would go like, I bet there's an easy way to do this in a hard way, and I'm going to do the easy way. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Sonic 3D Sonic still looking at us from the pog. But I don't mind him there. He's fine no, there. He just, if as long as he's away in a corner where I don't have to look at him. <laughs> How's your Googling going? What about the Dreamcast? The Sega Dreamcast released on November 27th, 1998 90. in Japan. Okay. September 9th, 1999 in North America and October 14th, 1999 in Europe. So yeah, just at the very end of... Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Remember whenever we were talking about how they weren't telling us anything about the Saturn? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they never really got around to it, did they? No. <laughs> We did have a Saturn chart for like five hot we seconds did. back at the start oh, yeah. of the year. Yeah, and we've had a Sonic R feature now. <laughs> yeah, but even so. Speaking of Sonic R, though, there's the man yeah. himself just crashing along through the cover. It's the 3D model yes. of Sonic from Sonic yes. R. Hence, it's a right-looking Sonic. It looks fine, yeah. We're still allowed to have those. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they have so confirmed they have sent them all the separate... 3D assets of that cover, because they haven't cut this out themselves. No. It's too good for that. Yeah. And he's running along on a sort of little track. Yeah. And there's fragments scattered around him as if he'd crashed through something, but... Something, but there's no there's no there. sign of what? He hasn't crashed through the page or anything. No. And then there's a sort of fiery background. Fire! There's flames. He's, he's in hell. <laughs> Where Sonic and all his fans deserve to burn <laughs> for all eternity. <laughs> The new look continues on the control zone. Now, what do you yes. think of this? What do you make of this? Well, um, 
it's all right. Um, I wasn't looking forward to it, but then I've not really been a fan of the the existing look control zone up till recently. Since they got rid of the um, charts. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, there's a bit more to this. What they've done is they've taken the sort of legal gubbins box that's a strip along the bottom, and they've made it look like the charts. They've put it down the side in a big column. I, I thought you probably would, uh, for the same reason as myself. Yeah, I'm kind of vibing with this because. Yeah. The basic shape yeah. of the control zone is back now. Yeah, that's it. Because they've put a column at the... No, it's at the left rather than the right, where the charts used to go. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, it's now two boxes stacked on top of each other on a column at the left. So it's the basic shape that it used to be, but mirror-flipped. And the whole thing has a look of a sort of Star Trek operating system, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. There's a kind of a... The, where it says, Hey Boomers, that's like the title at the top of a panel, and it has a little... Ta- like a little um folder tab yeah exactly like but like a real you know the re- you know real life folders and their yeah. tabs those ones That's a divider why I said folder. like that yeah. yes <laughs> and it seems to be printed on a sort of a slab of something it, it looks quite star trekky to me um so that's nice and futuristic uh, the 3d control zone logo at the top again they've they've just sort of written control zone turned it 3d and it's got a, a kind of shape under it and then there's like just a stripe through which you can see a little bit of space a little bit of space uh, the background. A few Sonic things. There's, there's, there's the Sonic Starpost head. It looks like there. Yes, just seems like it's poking in from the side. Is the very edge of a Starpost. A little bit of new Sonic control art there by the by the header. The bad new wrong Sonic, uh, and then just <laughs> rivets, metal. Uh, yeah. Just just a collection. I'm curious what it looks like underneath the, sh- the things. To, That's the thing. Yeah. Because it doesn't read like there's a coherent image under there. Hmm. Like Gary Knight, who did do this new design, as we can see on the box at the side. They haven't brought somebody new in to redesign it. Oh, oh! I've just noticed something. It's a little bit Games Master in the the big panel I've just been talking about. Look, it's on a metal pole, and it's actually attached with electronics to the mm. legal thing on the left. Yeah. That's nice. So it's like you've gone up to some kind of a display on a pole, and you're interacting with it, and it's making diddly-doop noises. Yes, I guess I quite like this. So the font, then, uh, I think it is the slightly blobby font that I was looking at last episode. Yeah, that you were talking about last time, yeah. But I, I don't know, something about the colour scheme here, I quite like it, and now I see it's meant to be spacey. It's meant to evoke, you know... Is it a spacey font? Yeah, I think so. I think it's meant to evoke stuff like, um... Oh, what do I mean? Uh, that sort of late 90s spacey aesthetic, Spaceman, that one Michael Jackson song set on a spaceship. That, is that late 90s spaciness? No, it didn't ring a bell. I kind of, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. Like you would get it's kind of an alien-y font. Yeah, yeah. Definitely something that would write the title of an album on, on the cover of a CD. Yeah, like you wouldn't get it in an actual sci-fi TV show, but the title card that the BBC came up with for it might use this. <laughs> it's that sort of thing. <laughs> it's like second tier sci-fi fonting. <laughs> the bells, the bells, says Megadroid. It's your old pal Megadroid here, ringing in a new loop to your fave comic for 1998. After almost two and a half years, the Humes who think they're in charge decided it was time STC had another upgrade. Make it your resolution to write and tell me what you think of the new design. Two and a half years, really? Yeah, I guess so. Good. Need to change the logo on the Twitter soon. And there's absolutely no excuse. Like, it's been... That's the amount of time it's been for me while doing the podcast. <laughs> <Yep>. Real time. <laughs> that comes as a surprise. Yeah. 
Thanks for buying STC throughout 1997 and for swamping the office with your Christmas cards. Now, he said that in past years and it still puts a little smile on my face. (laughs) I hope it's true. Just to know that they're sending in Christmas cards. Yeah. Because I I believe it, too. It doesn't sound fake to me. Yeah. I was so snowed under, I couldn't see the Hume's faces for weeks. (laughs) My New Year's wish came earlier than expected. (laughs) And then, uh, under this, we have an exclusive combo. Seen this before? Yes, it, yes, it's not exclusive to this issue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, it's that jacket again. It's the Sonic Two baseball jacket. Yeah, that one. Uh, you you can get that. You again. can send off. And if we say Sonic Two, I mean literally, it's got yeah. the logo for Sonic the Hedgehog Sonic two, 2 on the back of it. Yes, you can get that. How would you? How would you like to wear Sonic out? To my modern ear, that sounds suggestive. But I think they mean like running. Uh, well, thanks to those generous Sega folk, you get, and of course, you know, and wear, wear it, wear him out, because it's a wear. coat. You can do it's that in the next like issue. Like a bird's jacket. Yep. When STC has 30 jackets to win, be there, and of course. Of, of course. course. <laughs> of course. The jackets supplied are mega sizes only. Double X. It says mega size. I'm choosing to assume that's not what's written on the tab no. inside the jacket. No. Double XL only. They're trying to be Sagery. Because, of course, all sizes for this jacket would be a mega size. Uh, no, they mean double XL. So you can't have this. If you're if you're one of the readers of this comic, you can't wear this jacket. It's too big. Riot Resolution. Written by Lou Stringer. Art by Bob Corona. Bob Corona. Colours by Nigel Dobbin. Letters by Gordon Robson. Unable to settle on a New Year's resolution, some terminally indecisive Emerald Hill folk visit motivational guru Wally Dithers for advice. Unaware that Dithers is really a member of the Dr. Robotic Appreciation Tribe, who convinces the easily led Mobians to destroy Sonic. The Blue Blur soon exhausts his attackers, who can't keep up with his super speed, but while he's distracted, Drat attempts to destroy the Kinterbor Computer Control Center with a heavily armed battle tank. Fortunately, Wally Dithers is struck with his own bout of indecisiveness, unable to choose which of the tank's many weapons to use, giving Sonic the time he needs to spin attack the tank to bits. Right, first thing before we get started into the strip itself, new header. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to become like the permanent look going forward or if this is just like a test thing. The title banner, yes. Gone is the old blue box with the red and yellow Sonic logo that has been, oh gosh, what, since about uh, uh, Girl Trouble, I want to say that started in? Or maybe Pirates of the Mystic Cave, you know, a hundred issues ago. Yeah. Now it's a black bar with uh, a shiny blue metallic Sonic logo, not Sonic the Hedgehog, it says Sonic. It's the Sonic 3 Sonic, I believe, off the front cover of that. Oh, okay, I was wondering, I didn't check, I was wondering. I didn't check either, but I think it is. And then rather than the usual title font, it's like a bespoke little rendering of the title, Riot Resolution in big, hard-edged mechanical letters with a... Well, we did love our gradients back then with some random gradients rolling past in the background. <laughs> yes. Yep. You know you know the one? Like blue at the top and kind of sandy, rusty colour in the middle to tell you it's shiny metallic. Yeah. Don't you think um, Resolution Riot would be a better title for this strip? Hmm. I mean, Resolution Riot sounds like a call to arms, doesn't it? Resolution colon Riot. It's a, it's a riot over resolutions. Yes, I see what you Whereas mean. Whereas this is not a resolution over riots. Yes, I see what you mean. 
Uh, I've looked it up. It is the Sonic 3 Sonic. And something I don't think I've ever noticed before while looking at the UK box art. Sonic 3 is called Sonic 3 and not Sonic the Hedgehog Hedgehog 3. Oh, God. (laughs) Don't think I've ever noticed that before. No, couldn't say that. Right, onto the strip itself. Quite a fun one, this one, I thought. Yeah, I, I, I love this. We keep bumping into Stringer parables that resonate today, and I think you've started getting a bit tired of them. Well, um, this one, he changed the record a little bit with this one. It's not the same one about how there are more ants than grasshoppers, than if yeah. we all stand up to them, yeah, yeah. we can take them down. This is not that. This is a, a sort of an anti-cult thing. Well, yes, I mean, this really hits, because, like... Haven't we spent the last few years seeing mediocre people be radicalized by forceful cults of podcasters and yes. yeah, 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 telling them what to think? So this one, I, this one came across stronger than most. Mm-hmm. This hits just the right tone yeah. and combination of mm-hmm. jokes, action, and meaning that I would want to see out of like whenever they put Lou Stringer on the lead yeah. seven-page song. Yeah, he's, he's, this yeah. is pitched. At just, I think everything feels like it's in perfect balance for this. It put me in mind of nothing quite so much as the um, Roger Bodge strip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there was just something about the balance of elements there. Yeah, that this one reminded me of, and uh, it was good. Yeah, it was funny. It, it has that one and done feeling, but like mm-hmm. this, yeah, this is Lou. This is Lou doing the job of writing the opening strip, and he's yeah. doing it well. Writing the New Year special. Yeah, and this one's good. Um, this one's nice. This I like this a lot. So you start off, Bob Corona's got the Emerald Hill houses down, hasn't he? Look at these. You're absolutely correct, but I'm far more interested in the fact that Bob Corona is still allowed to draw Sonic right. <laughs> well, perhaps, yeah. Perhaps nobody's told him. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't got the reference. He's drawn proper right Sonic. Yeah. Oh, well, well, no, he oh. does have the far spike. He does have the, the spike on the far side of his head. Oh, well, you know I like that. Yeah, yeah, but he's drawn all the other spikes moving in the right direction. He has the closest thing to a Sonic 3D Sonic, and I think it counts as one, is uh, top of page four, the first panel. Yes, where they push him over, hmm. yeah. But then that is what he would look like from a top angle anyway. And he's supposed to be falling down yeah. as well, so it's an uh, it's a very awkward angle to have to draw Sonic that, at. That may simply have nothing to do with the Sonic 3D head and be a coincidence. I don't think it does, yeah, genuinely, yeah. yeah. So, good job, Bob. Yep. Is what they call him around the office. <laughs> And I, I really like his design for this character, Wally Dither, as well, who is a, yeah. a well, he looks to be a cheetah, maybe, or a uh-huh. or a, a spotted animal of some kind. Maybe a hyena? Yeah. He's all neck. He's all neck. Like the, um, what am I thinking of? Is it, like, is it the logo for Jaguar? There's a silhouette cat that has that neckiness to it. I'm 100% sure, but I feel like I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, I don't know, I like... I like this, and you can see where it's going. You can see what it is. It just—it it, it did make me laugh that these people. The joke about this little crowd is that they can't decide things, so they're like, "Yeah, they can't make up their own minds." Yeah, so they're just gonna go and. There's this bloke they've heard of who's gonna tell them what to do. Well, he promises to make folk more assertive. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, maybe your gut instinct will be that he turns out to be. Because it's a loose stringer strip and you think it's just a little holiday strip. You think maybe if just in for pure comedy, he's going to be some complete Dorcas yeah. who, who is going to be giving them constantly the wrong ideas. And they'll go back to him and say, oh, this didn't work, Mr. Dirt. And they're like, well, you did it wrong. Here, here's how to do it right. And and you can imagine the comedy version of this premise. But as soon as you clap eyes on this fella, yeah. who is a very sinister looking, <laughs> he's a carnivore of some kind. Like, okay, so he's he's all neck. He's yellow, and he's got black spots on his neck, but he does feel like he has a more canine face than a feline one, yes, so I'm not sure know, if he's maybe yeah. supposed to be like a hyena. A hyena yeah. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe he's just a fuzzy banana <laughs> in a coat. 
And he's got this center for the undecided. Yes. And he says, I'll do the thinking for you. And you look there at him and he's go. got a big, big sinister empty eyes in his first panel. And you're like, and then we see inside the center and it's a, it's a dingy, grungy back room lit mm. by a bare fluorescent tube in the ceiling. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, right. Okay. This is, this is bad news. <laughs> it's so brilliantly transparent. And these people are just so dim. Um, I don't know. The, Again, you know, Andrew Tate vibes, you know, just a a forceful voice who's telling mediocre people what to do. What you need to do is make a strong decision, a bold resolution, and stick to it. Repeat after me. I resolve to destroy Sonic. (laughs) And then they all go, we can't do that. And then, oh my god, did you ever hear such Andrew Tate horseshit? What's wrong? <laughs> Resolution too tough for you? You gonna wimp out on me? Well, well, uh, I guess we could go along with it. Yeah, yeah, what's the hedgehog ever done for us? Yeah, exactly, except, except saving the world a few dozen times. Like, basically, tells them they're all a bunch of beta cucks, and that they <laughs> should destroy Sonic. God, this is right. Stringer, man. This is why the likes of Andrew Tate are able to operate now. It's because their audience are younger than us, so they didn't grow up with STC. Americans didn't get STC. <laughs> if they'd got it, they would know. Foundational text. <laughs> and then, of course, it turns out that he's a member of Drat as that chicken fella who we've seen a few times before. With his nose medallion on. His nose medallion. Nose. Nose. He's the Grand Chief Whip. He hasn't been identified with that title before, so that's that's who he is. We can yeah. call him that now. Right. And off they go then, while while they are gonna carry out stage two of their plan. Nya ha 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 ha. The indecisive head off after Sonic. Hey, if it's an autograph you want, form a queue. Terribly sorry, Sonic, but we're gonna have to cause you great injury. Nothing personal. <laughs> and yeah, then we get two pages of them trying to hurt Sonic the Hedgehog. Just some doofus. Failing miserably. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? Get off. He whips them up in a big spin, a New Year's revolution. Uh, you still want to attack me? Yeah, you see our minds are made up. And then he simply <laughs> runs off. <laughs> and they all try to follow him in a cross-country run, but they're all knackered because they can't possibly keep up. <laughs> I love that. Just He just runs off. Like, yeah. Sonic can just do that. You forget sometimes, don't you? Just, just, if it sucks, yeah. hit the bricks. He <laughs> can just run. Just leave. <laughs> but he realises this is just a distraction, which I, I thought that was quite clever. He's like, hang on a minute, I bet there's something worse going on. So he heads off to the Emerald Hill Zone, known exposed weak point the emerald hill zone and yeah sure enough there's a massive tank trundling towards it yes and they're going to destroy his uh, his control center which was we remember was set up mm. in the uh, first part of the story with the knuckles metallics yeah so they're going to destroy the kinderborg computer really you know break sonic's network yeah and great tank there from corona oh, yeah. and, and lovely dobbin um lovely dobbin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it looks really good. Like, I don't know, just the shape of it and the heft of it and all of the little rockets and stuff all over it. Brilliant. And, uh, yeah, then Sonic runs in front of it and the Grand Chief Whip is like, we have enough firepower to finish him. Don't damage this. Destroy him. <laughs> and Dithers is like, uh, uh, I can't decide whether to use the Proplasmic Energon Blaster or the Electro Pulsar Pumper. <laughs> pulsar Pumper. <laughs> and then Sonic runs through the tank, kaboom, and the funniest bit in the entire strip, the uh, <laughs> chief whip sitting in the cockpit as the tank explodes around him with the most dry expression on his face says, I think it's become irrelevant now, actually. <laughs> no exclamation mark, ends in a full stop, 
that's the funniest way of delivering a punchline possible. And we don't think that's him for the strip. He's gone now. Yep, he's gone. That's it. Done. Do we ever see him again? That might be his death. Maybe he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, the hill folks show up and apologize for being so loopy. Well, you wouldn't have fallen for it if you were more decisive. Well, maybe we should all make New Year's resolutions to think for ourselves from now on. Hmm. What do you think, Sonic? <laughs> great stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a great little strip. That's a good one. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I I was I was genuinely, like, I went into this with a bit of... Because, no, we've talked plenty about it, so we'll not, we'll not linger on it right now. Like, But after a great kitching Elson Drake on bit, yeah. and, and, and proving to us that the STC we know and love lives yet... Yeah. There is fear on the fringes uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That, that it could suddenly all cave in again. Yeah, we know it's got to crumble at some point. Well, <laughs> and then seeing that, you know, now that we're in the new year and the first strip is a jokier strip, I'm, I've got I've got fear again at the caution. Mm. But then I read the strip and it actually winds up being a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. Next issue, Hobson and Choi, part one. Oh, yeah. And the one thing I do Choi. know, I don't remember nothing about that, huh? but I do know that Hobson and Choi were as an Elson and Kitching thing. Yes. Yeah. That's all I could tell you about it. So, yeah, there we go. That's something to look forward to. and yep, Just a, a merry little start to the new year. A little, yeah. little fun New Year's resolution hey. story. Welcome to 1998, everybody. Isn't it nice? Yeah. And if Stringer can keep the combination of elements pitched at about this level, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be very happy to read some more of these in between Kitching and Elson Dracon multi-parters. Yeah, good stuff. Tales. Knuckles. Tales and Knuckles. New Year Twister. Written by Lou Stringer, art by Carl Flint, colours by John M. Burns, and letters by Tom Frame. Tails pays Knuckles a visit on the floating island to wish him a happy new year. But no sooner does he arrive than natural disasters beset the pair. First an avalanche, then a tornado from which Knuckles has to save Tails. But it soon turns out that Sonic is the one responsible for the phenomenon. It's all been a test to see if Knuckles' skills are still sharp. This, on the other hand, <laughs> less bothered about. Yeah, this is, um... Yeah. This is, yeah. yeah. You just sort of breeze through this, don't you? It's uh, Yeah, there's very little here. This is for the littles. Um, although, it's well, it's sort of for the littles. I actually found it very slightly confusing, because... Tails and Knuckles are basically going through a series of what they think are natural disasters, but they turn out to be Sonic. Yeah. But there's something a bit vague about all of it. I, I kept having to go back and be like, what happened? Um, but I think I was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it, it's There's not much to this. There's not much. We can't really talk yeah. about it even. They just... The, the, what happened, happens. Uh, Tails comes up on the plane. Mm. Knuckles does his I don't appreciate outsiders bit. Yep. So Stringer immediately referencing an old playbook here. Mm. Knuckles is past this as a character, you know. Porker lives here, remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. Does he still? Because everyone else went home. He's still... Yeah, Porker's, Porker's still up there helping... Because, no, okay, so, so yeah, actually, before any further, yeah. this is the first we've seen of Knuckles in nine months. Oof, yeah. Yeah, the last time we saw Knuckles was issue 101, when he and Porker finally cracked that chest open and got to work using it to start repairing the floating island. The end of the year-long Knuckles World Tour saga. And we haven't seen him in nine months. And, and that's... I... I I both like and don't like that, because I don't like not seeing Knuckles, because Knuckles is great. But I do like that Kitching had that interconnected running series where every Knuckles story, since basically they started, mm. fed directly into the next one. And he got to the end of it, and he stopped. <laughs> yeah. Which is always nice well, yeah. whenever, whenever that happens, you know? Well, imagine if Tails arrived on the island 
having not seen Knuckles for nine months or Porker, and they had a little baby they'd had. <laughs> <Imagine>. <laughs> a little pig kidna. Yeah, think of that. <laughs> Rather not. <laughs> Jahan, think about that. Think of a little Knucklesy Porker, a little baby. <laughs> and his name would be... Now we can get this and then edit it to make it sound like we came up with it like that. <laughs> so it's something about something about pork and pigs, yeah, and something about spines, or it, it could be trotters, but that's not great. Um, uh, um, scratchings. Um, we had that joke in STC already. Oh, did we, Mister Scratchings? No. Shame because that would have worked because Knuckles is name, Knuckles yeah. plus mm. pork scratching, and his name would be Truffle, Truffles, 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 <laughs> <laughs> like a pig hunts Truffles, and Truffles sounds a bit like, like Knuckles. Knuckles. <laughs> truffles the pig kidna, fan artists at your leisure. <laughs> Boy, those uh, those ancient scrolls contain some. Curious knowledge and <laughs> machines up there on the floating island to bring that into being. <laughs> now I will always assume he's just off panel. Yeah, <laughs> little truffle. Well, like Sonic is somehow throughout this strip, he's he's causing all of these things, but you never see him do it. There's not a hint of blue in any of these snowstorms or avalanches or anything. So Knuckles kicks off by saying, what brings you here? I don't appreciate outsiders. Tail says, just came to say Happy New Year. Knuckles says, sorry, uh, you know, I don't have a calendar, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he lives on his own up there. He doesn't really... I like that. He's like, get off my lawn. What are you doing here? Just say Happy New Year. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh. And then immediately flip-flops to be like, I see Sonic didn't bother coming. Too busy, I suppose. <laughs> like, mate, you were mad about one guy being here a second ago. Now you're looking for more? What? Come on. Oh, he misses him really, doesn't he? He does, though. He <laughs> loves him really. You know, Porker was his second choice. <laughs> oh, no. Porker was his rebound. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Porker. And then an avalanche happens. Yes. And uh, Knuckles grabs Tails and jumps him out of the way. Move it. Ah, you say. <laughs> and the biplane is buried in the avalanche, and I thought maybe that would be mm. the plot. Mm. But no, Knuckles digs it out right away. Mm. Or he starts digging out, at least. Then we just cut to something else. And then we just cut to them moving off to the, the mushroom zone. Tails yeah. says maybe we should fly to... Well, I guess they must have flown there in the biplane. Yeah. Maybe we should fly to another zone. It's just odd, because both of them can fly, you know. <laughs> yeah. or, well, one can fly yeah. and one can glide. After but, a fashion, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess Knuckles digs the plane out. They fly to the mushroom hill zone, in case... Something happens again, Tails says. Quite a nice little version of the Mushroom Hill Zone. Here it's all yeah, different. Yeah, not a bad... Feels like it could have been referenced from um, the Predicto story mm. that Casanovas drew. It has that kind of uh, look to it. I mean, there's only so many different ways that something can look when you draw a load of mushrooms with a path in between, but... Uh, very true, very true. I like the way they're sort of a bit tangled up and leaning in different directions and stuff. It's quite good. And then suddenly a tornado! Uh. And then Knuckles grabs Tails again and uses his punching powers to stab into a cliff and holds them there until the twister blows That's out. good. Actually, do you know what? I should have paid more attention because that is using Knuckles' abilities yeah, and Knuckles stuff. Powers. I like that. And, and even digging the biplane out is burrowing, you know. So it's Knuckles' power set, yep. digging and climbing. Love it. Weirdly, it's the twister that the story's named for. New Year Twister. Un unless it's talking about the twist in the story, I but I don't think it is suppose. because New Year Twister isn't a... 
Hmm. That's not a thing. That's not no, I don't, Not that I've known of, no. And then Tails says there's something moving in the bushes. Could be bad, Nicks. And Knuckles does his old shockwave punch trick. Yeah. Punches the ground. The, 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 the consistency of that shockwave punch trick in this comic makes me wonder if that, like, they told them that was going to be in the game at one point. Yeah, it could have been in a, in a press kit yeah. or something, yeah. Or Stringer could just be, you know, referencing old kitchen stories. Oh, yeah. And that catapults Sonic out of the bush. <laughs> and I quite like the way Flint has drawn it, yeah. where Sonic is just arms folded, smirk on the face, but fully, fully upside down. down. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, yeah. What are you doing here? Nice to see you too, buddy. Never saw you as a practical joker, Sonic. No joke, Knuckles. I was testing you to see if you still got what it takes. And Tails goes, I'm afraid I was in on it too. Yes. You've both got a nerve. And they have. Yes. I'm surprised that Tails was in on it, to be honest. I'm surprised Knuckles doesn't immediately kick them both off the island. Yeah. The audacity yeah. of these pricks. Honestly, yeah. Because he's serious. He's like a serious ancient elder who's looking after these priceless artifacts. Yeah. And they're just mucking about. And Sonic's like, while Robotnik's still a danger to Mobius, we need dudes like you in the fight against him. And Knuckles cracks his knuckles and says, I'll be there when you need me. Count on it. Mm. And he has no more bad blood in him than that? No. Knuckles wouldn't stand for this nonsense. And then he starts cracking jokes. Bad ones. <laughs> Tails says, That's settled then. Now we can carry on with the Hogmanay celebrations. Because Mobius is, of course, Scotland. Of course. And Knuckles says, Or oh, Hedgehogmanay, in your case, Sonic. <laughs> oh, I guess I that. <laughs> oh, that's extremely lame whenever <laughs> characters actually start making the jokes in strip that editorial puts on the covers. <laughs> I don't mind it when it's Amy. I feel like she's allowed. She's yeah, she can, she's probably allowed. She's actually. ripping yeah, the piss yeah. when she when she makes jokes at Sonic. That makes sense to me. Well, you know, it's not if Amy made a hedgehog Monet joke, it'd be okay because it wouldn't be appropriation. <laughs> she's allowed. She can make those jokes. You can't, Knuckles. You echidna. Now, unfortunately, some of the wrongest Sonics we've seen in a while. Oh dear, like like just the whole art's not very good, is it? Carl Flint doesn't care anymore, does he? Well, he's using that new model sheet they've been given, isn't it? Yes. Well, I was referring to the strip as a whole there, but the Sonics are definitely, yes, drawn yeah, based on the new... Uh, the one, the, the, uh, that one drawing where it's because it's a dynamic angle and he's kind of falling down or something, but that, so that's making his spines flat, but people it's have the, interpreted that. It's the upward-swept supersonic spines that Elson yeah. draws him with all the time now, and the far spike on the other side of the head, which you know, I'm not objecting to necessarily, I'm just pointing it out. Though he does draw it as coming in front of Sonic's ear. Mm. when you really feel like it should be on the other side of the ear, surely. It's a non-great interpretation of a definitely non-great picture in the model sheet yeah. that they shouldn't have given them yeah, in the yeah, first yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's not much to get hold of here. It's a weightless little story where Knuckles comes off well to start with and then doesn't at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, boomers! The end. <laughs> not even a tease for next issue. <laughs> How disappointing <laughs> so this is just the sonic r cover which as should, we suspected it would be last issue which should be a, a good poster should be an excellent poster the trouble is i mean unless we have different reasons to think this is disappointing the trouble is that it's viewed through a, a tiny slit yeah in the middle exactly of, it of just millions of borders they have surrounded <laughs> it with the same style of border we've seen in a couple of pinups recently yeah. these metallic in this case golden borders and shrunk it down like this could be, maybe, like i'm not doing the measurements right now yeah 
but maybe you'd need some kind of border to make the image for the neatly fit onto the double yeah. page spread but this could be so much larger so much bigger and to look at it it looks like you wouldn't have to do that doesn't it it looks like it's just the right proportion it looks like it would fit pretty much yeah i don't know why they've done this except because they like ruining pinups by writing nonsense around it i mean and i'm with you on this one i am <laughs> fully with you on writing nonsense this time around because what they've written is at the top it says sonic the hedgehog and then at the bottom tails and knuckles and <laughs> no you put the sonic r logo up yeah. That's, put, that's the writing it. you put on the pinup. Yeah. Just do that full screen, and then in the top left, where the empty space is, empty space is. you put the Sonic R logo there. And why is that empty space there? It's because the Sonic, Sonic R logo, R logo, logo goes, goes. There. <laughs> It's the cover to Sonic R. So instead, they've printed the Sonic R logo, but all tiny and in the corner. Now, I don't need to be told that Sonic the Hedgehog, Tails and Knuckles. Yeah. If it was one of them, if it was just one of them, I would have no problem with the character <laughs> name being there. But yeah. when it's all three of them... <laughs> Come on, lads. You really yeah. fluffed this one. Honestly, I'm so disappointed in this. <laughs> like, shit bad Nick pinups never disappointed me. They only ever met my expectations for them. <laughs> this genuinely disappointed me as a pinup that I have never had any intention of pulling out and putting on and my I, wall. I don't know. Like, are they trying to avoid making this an advertisement for a game? Like, because that's what they've done, and I don't know why. Also, if you're going to... You can't fall back on the excuse that you're just listing all the characters on it, because we're on it yeah they didn't even mention him he's right there yeah quite a good little robotnik a real low start for pinups in 1998 <laughs> it can only go up from here what have, you, what have you done that for you're trying to save ink or something what's happening it, it, yeah it's a it's a real bummer <laughs> and i said that like i don't care because i was absolutely never yeah. pulling i just it's oh. just on principle yeah it's a really a disappointing pinup what have you done this for? <laughs> what have you done that for? <laughs> Decap Attack Chuck's Savings Written and drawn by Nigel Kitching Letters by Ellie DeVille Representatives of the Transylvania Friendly Bank arrive at Castle Frankenstein to threaten Chuck into paying them the money he owes. It turns out Igor tricked Chuck into signing up with the notoriously mercenary bank for a laugh, who now want to sell him for medical experiments to recoup their losses. But Chuck gets his revenge by signing Igor's name on the form. Can I make a, a guess? Mm-hmm. Make a wee guess. Uh-huh. You f loved this, didn't you? <laughs> Love this? Does that mean you hated it? Nope. Just, okay. just knew you personally absolutely would love well, this. Well, I mean, look. The main reason is that Page two is yeah, the yeah, page yeah, yeah. of Decap Attack. This is the moment. After the Pumpelkins last appearance in, mm -hmm. on the page one of that one, this was the one I just remember this being just revolutionarily amusing. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just so good. It's not even a new or clever joke in any way. <laughs> so these two guys, a tiny little fella named Mr. Low and a big green-skinned brute named Klaus, have come to the castle and introduced themselves by Klaus punching Chuck in the face. Yeah. Notice the uh, big purple streamers of blood yes. as well? Just yes, like, it like it used to be? Yes. Back in the first decap when his blood was purple. Kind of tricky to see because it's purple on a purple background. Mm. But, but you, you can, can tell it's purple because it crosses over his It crosses his arm, his arm yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we get the page. <laughs> if, you'd asked, if you'd asked me when we started this podcast what the best page of decap attack is, this is where I would have gone. This was very memorable to me at the time. Okay, so what happens is they're telling them that he owes them money. So Chuck demands, explain to me. And the little guy says, oh, Klaus handles the explanations. Klaus? 
And there is then a, a grid of eight panels across the middle of the page. Basically the same picture every time of Chuck just poking into the panel, looking a bit dim-witted. And all we see of Klaus, all we see of Klaus's explanation <laughs> is his hand just gently lobbing a brick onto Chuck's head. And all of the rest of them are the same positioning of Chuck in a panel with something hitting his head. And his head, and he reacts. And in every one. Different expression each time. Different expression. His head will change shape. There'll be a different sound effect. It is almost a full page of different things getting chucked at and colliding with Chuck's head. Brick, flower pot, TV, pineapple, dumbbell, bell, <laughs> tiny little model Starship Enterprise, small pig. And he just, and he just stays there with this <laughs> vacant expression on his face while all this stuff's getting... <laughs> This is really, really, really funny. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't move out of the way. It doesn't do anything for me specifically, not particularly. <laughs> it not? But, but I just knew put it. It put me in mind of the um, uh, the dentist strip. The dentist and strip. That's why I knew you would love it because it's pumpkins. just some stupid shit that just happens. No, the pumpkins is that's the pumpkins is a building comedic moment, which builds to a punchline, <laughs> okay, and this yeah. does build to a punchline. But we'll come to that in a moment. I'm not bothered about the punchline. You're right to accuse me of only caring about the middle no, bit. <laughs> the punchline is is the oldest joke in the book because after he's been hit with all these things, he goes, "He hit me with everything but the kitchen sink." Kitchen sink hits him in the head. Wang. <laughs> I mean, the kitchen sink is labeled Avery, so I don't know if they're making a riff on Tex Avery. Like, this is such an old, like, cartoon oh, style. Oh, that's possible. It, it is a brand of sink. Oh, it is? Well, then it's probably not. Well, I don't know. It could be a bit of a double thingy. I mean, I'll give him a few points. I'll give him a few points here. Like, when the bell hits him, the sound effect is dong, yeah. and his head turns into the shape of a bell and rings. The bell. When the tiny Enterprise hits him, the sound effect is spock. Yeah. When the pig hits him, the sound effect is oink. Yeah. That's yeah. vaguely amusing. But, um, <laughs> it's brilliant. It's, uh, you know, it's just a gag I've seen a million times. Um, oh, have you? Yeah, sure. They, they, people get beamed by a one thing after another over and over, and then they go, kitchen sink, and they end. Sure, yeah. Nothing, nothing new but that. Okay. I have edited out the kitchen sink bit from both this and any other previous time I've seen it. It's just See, but that's, a man being hit by different stuff see, while just that's standing there. That's what's so interesting to me. It's like, you don't need a punchline. No, you don't thing need any kind of payoff for the random acts no. of violence. And it's no. like the dentist strip. Yes, I love this page. No, I still got a huge laugh out of this issue, though. If only I had the, the chat logs of the time. I remember, like, when we were starting STCTV, Abby was like, oh, you're going to get to that one where Chuck gets stuff hit on his head. No, I'm, I'm not saying I don't like it. Yeah, no. I'm just saying, I'm like, haha, yes, most amusing. I cracked a brief <laughs> smile and then waited for the page to be over. <laughs> you know? I don't know what land you come from, Chris. You're a strange one. I come from a land down under. <laughs> I come from a land where we need punchlines and yes, payoffs really. and, yeah. and rationale behind things. Mm, clearly. We're just having a bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I still got a mm. tremendous hoot out of this strip. <laughs> um, where Now, what follows is, um, it turns out Chuck has only signed up to the bank 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and all the money he deposited has been taken out in setting up charges, administration costs, management fees, resignation fees, and the expense of putting them on the privileged customer database. And it turned out that uh, it's because Igor gave him a, a leaflet that says, Join today and get free money. Oh, that's all a fib, says Mr. Lowe. 
You can't just lie to customers. Now, look, sir, if we went around telling the truth about our bank, we'd never get any customers. And Klaus grabs Chuck by the neck, and, and Chuck's neck is about 10 foot long. Yeah, he's stretched it right out. He's yeah. stamped on it and stretched yeah. it. It looks like plasticine. But the big laugh I got was the next panel, top page four, where Professor Stan goes, Igor, did you trick Chuck into joining the most <laughs> feared money men in the banking world? Yeah. Well, it's a laugh, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's a laugh, isn't it? <laughs> it yeah. And he looks yeah, yeah, that's a good so question. uninterested. <laughs> and he just, just did it because he was bored. It's a laugh, isn't it? <laughs> that is the essence of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Igor in this one. And, and like... The fact that you get to two two consecutive panels of him just lolling his ass off yeah, on yeah. the next page about this. Then they present him with a new contract that says he must uh, pay all his debts by tomorrow dinner time. And if he can't find the money, the bank will sell him for medical experiments. <laughs> Chuck signs, you don't know what you're doing! Uh, Igor chuckles and uh, they leave saying, we're the bank that likes to say, we know where you live. <laughs> Igor... Busts a gut laughing. Uh, uh, big two panels of his huge big head. <laughs> Just like the wildest take Igor has ever done, probably. Yeah. And then it turns out Chuck has signed Igor's name to the fore. We end it with Mr. Lowe and Klaus walking down the path from the castle. And Klaus looking at a little piece of paper saying, Next on our list is a little old lady who borrowed 50 pence so she could afford to eat this week. <laughs> People like her, they've got it coming. <laughs> Next issue, Double Sonic. B. B-E-E, like a Charmy's B. Oh. Prepared. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I knew we would both get different things out of this issue. <laughs> I'm glad we both got something. Yes. <laughs> but, once again, as much amusement as I may have derived from it, it's strips like this that do make me go, okay, I th- this is getting to the end of its life now. Oh. Um... You know, when, when all you've got is someone has violence done upon them, and that's the joke. Not seeing the problem at all with that. <laughs> I need a story. Uh, but this does have a bit of a story. I need a, but I need a story. Right, right, yeah. Even the Cheese Factory story had a story, you know? Right. Uh, but yeah, this just goes back to what I was saying about the dentist thing. However long ago that was. But then also, this is not dissimilar from what about the state of trains, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Kitching having a go at banks, eh? Who'd have them? <laughs> A wry commentary on life in 1998 Britain. Graphic Zone! It's a 98 resolution zone, which in practice means it's a collection of pictures of Sonic characters doing things. (laughs) Stuff! They're doing stuff! Uh, what do they resolve to do? Well, uh, Amy Rose has been sent in by Peter Spears in Sittingbourne, Kent, and she's uh, in that pose where you lie on your front and kick your feet and read a comic. And of course, she's reading Sonic the Comic. Balance your, your face on your hands yep. and your arms up on your elbows. Yep. Don't know what she's resolving to do. No. No. Um, read Sonic the Comic, I think. Um, although she's reading it in a weird way. She seems to have turned it covers out and put it down on the floor. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. With the front and back cover visible. Maybe she's mooning over the pictures of Sonic. Oh, there you go. That's, that's what it idea. is. That's exactly what it is. What an outdated notion. Yeah. Next to that, James Cockburn, or perhaps James Coburn, of Isle of Lewis, Scotland, has sent in a picture of Dr. Robotnik sitting at a desk, uh, picking his nose, the uh, dirty devil, uh, with a big sign that says, Robotnik rules on the desk. And STC have added a caption that says, Another New Year's resolution falls by the wayside. 
And uh, Robotnik there is holding a mug that says Kill Sonic on so it. He is. He's got some sweeties on his And desk some sweeties, too. yes. Not, I'm not sure what he's getting up to there, really. That's a, that, all sorts going on. Picking his nose, the yeah. file beast. Uh, isn't he? Uh, John McCarthy in Carrickford and Seskin in Bantry, County Cork. Get any of that wrong? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Has drawn a Sonic on stage as basically an entire band. Yep. He's uh, tooting a trumpet yep. and beating a drum. Yep. And he's got a backwards baseball hat on. Of course, because he's cool. And inverse sneakers. Yes. With the white sneakers with a red stripe. And he's having a bit of a dance about. And the, he's, all of his notes have fallen down. They're all on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's resolved to have a good party. Yeah. I like this one. Richard Robinson from Air in Scotland. I really like this one. Has sent in Le French Emmy, <laughs> which is just uh, Amy in a beret with a little moustache. Yes. It's just drawn in such an interesting, snazzy way. Yes. There is in this the genesis of an entire design direction for these characters, I think. I don't know what yeah. that would exactly be. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's yeah. like it's like an alternate, you know, merchandise line or something, version of Amy. Yeah, this is the Sonic Prime version of Amy from the French universe. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the universe where they are all French. Uh, bonjour, I am Sonic Le Chug. Oh tu God. dois avancer rapidement. <laughs> <laughs> Chris would watch every episode of that. <laughs> as long as nobody in it was actually French, because it's because it's STC Amy, so she's got the sticky up hair and she's got a beret on that. It parts the hair in a way that just I don't know, just makes me think that that would be a cool way of drawing Amy with just spikes going off in all different directions. It's, it's really cool. The caption that STC have put on this one sort of defines what it is as a resolution. It says travel and get a real oh, Eiffel. Travel is the resolution. Yeah, resolve to, to travel. travel. Yeah. And yeah. a bit of muck that you can just see in the background of this picture. You see that? Yeah, I see it. There's a bit of, like, rubbed out all the, of the drawings. All I think that's... Uh, it's it, on the back it, of the looks like, uh, it, it looks like French, by which I mean the word... Oh. Yeah, I know. It, it, he went to write French yeah. next to la instead of down below. That's it. what it is. And he's had yeah. to either rub it out or paint over it in white or something. Tip X, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> okay, next. Chloe Day from Stanground, Peterborough. This one seems edited to me. It does, but I can't tell you in what way. Or why. It's a Hippie Tales. It's a Hippie Tales. It, and that's absolutely what it is. Yep. But what seems edited about it is the fact that the speech bubble coming out of him saying, Peace, in very nice joined up writing, and the little candle sitting on the ground beside him are drawn in a much finer pen than the big chunky felt tip that Chloe has used to do the outline of Tales. Oh, except there are also thin lines from that pen across a lot of the rest of the drawing. Yes, that's it. So... Seems like she's penciled in the Tales in a thin pen and then yeah. felt tipped the outlines. Fair enough. Uh, so possibly Probably not, not edited, edited then. then. Yeah. And it has little mini stamper smiley faces all over it. Oh, so in the it background. does. I didn't even really notice. Yeah. Uh, Daniel O'Brien from Roscommon in the Republic of Ireland, who is a Saturn owner, by oh. the way. Hello I don't think we've there. ever seen one of those before. Oh. <laughs> Spotted in the wild. And also an owner of the nice thick felt tips that Chloe Day's got. Yeah. He's drawn... Well, it's a painter Sonic. It's Sonic with a painter's uh -huh. palette and a brush held in the air. I think this is another French Sonic. Yeah. But it's not very clear. Because those are French flag colours, aren't they? In the, he's wearing a beret that's in the French flag colours, and that looks like it could be the leg of the Eiffel Tower just poking yeah. down in the corner behind him there. Yeah. But they've reframed this as more of a 
resolve to learn to paint situation. I wonder why. They could have put those two together and done I something. Don't know. Yeah. Like it looks to me like at first glance, the background, which is mostly plain light green, and then there's a darker green above the horizon yeah. line, that looks like it's just trees. But, you know, I think there's a thought bubble up there. Oh. And I think those are the edges of a thought bubble. Oh, that's certainly possible. Rather than trees, so I don't know. Do you know what I do notice, actually, though, when you just mentioned it about why did they crop it? Not one of these has been mutilated in the aspect ratio. Oh, yes. These all look good and proper. Oh, no, you're right there. Chris Ray in Heinem Gloucester has done a football one, and it's Knuckles as a footballer. He's got football clothes on. We won't try and guess what team it is. And as we all know... No, yes! Think, pink. Yes, Knuckles is definitively... Even in 1998! Knuckles is definitively pink because his shirt is red. And it's a different In the same way color. that his shoes are red and he's a different colour from his shoes. Quite correct. Even in 2023. And because it's the late 90s and this is a football drawing, uh, the phrase they think it's all over is written at the top and uh, STC has concluded that... It is for 1997. Ah, uh, also, I have a little theory. Um, these mm. two and a half rows of circles that just sort of these beads that exist behind Knuckles. Yeah. Uh, I think what happened there is Chris started drawing the heads of everyone in the stands and then yes, went off. Nope. Nope. Definitely. Absolutely. Now, it turns out Chris Ray, who drew this one, is only one degree removed from us. He's actually a long time, perhaps lifelong friend of two different guests we've had on the show before. So we did try and get in touch with him, but he's currently far too busy. And if he hears this, Chris, we'd like to offer our congratulations for the reason you're so busy. <laughs> and if he isn't immediately sure what I'm referring to, uh, this was recorded in late 2023. And now you get it. <laughs> Uh, last one then is from Nicola Bolton from Chorley in Lancashire, who's a Mega CD and Mega Drive owner. Mm -hmm. And it's a picture of Sonic shopping, as it says at the top, where Sonic is just running around with big, big shopping bags. And a jacket. And the so he's wearing the Sonic and Knuckles Sonic denim, and Knuckles jacket, denim jacket. Oh, yeah. But he's not got the Sonic bit. He's just paying tribute to his best friend, Knuckles. Well, Sonic's probably over on the other side. Oh, yeah. I really like this drawing of Sonic. I think yes, there's just something nice. really snazzy about it. Similar with the French Amy. Like, there's just a... I don't know, there's an interesting command of lines here. This is a cartoonist who's doing this. So, Nicola Bolton, get in touch. Also, look what she's done. She's put the little swirlies in the background. Yes. Been a while, eh? Yeah. Everybody was relying on the uh, mini stampers to get that effect. Of course, those have run out now. He's bought Sega game bags. What are these bags from? They look like they'd be based on real bags, but that one in the front just says Sega. Okay, so one Sega game. I think the one at the yeah. back is BHS. Um, so the middle one is like a game bag if that's BHS and then I don't know what the other one is M&S I don't know I just noticed that the bags are labelled £25 and £45 but Sonic himself only costs £5 yes <laughs> she's got a tag coming off tag his on head. his head because she's a cartoonist is that she signed that in the corner there's something there yeah but I don't it just doesn't translate to Nicola Roy Bolton you know no it looks like a little Decepticon logo it does actually yeah <laughs> it's a good little signature if that's your signature Nicola Get in touch. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> but those are what the Sonic cast is resolving to do. Dave, what kind of New Year's resolutions were you making for 1998? I wonder if we might find out in the... Diary Zone. I have a bad case of diary. I have a bad case of diary. I have a bad case of diary. Yes, boomers, this comic is not just a relic of the past. So are we. We are too. <laughs> <laughs> it existed in some people's present. And I present one of them to you now as we crack open the genuine teenage diary from the two weeks of the release of this issue 
of a teenager called David Bulmer, aged 15 and three quarters. Uh, yeah, something like. Something like that. Yeah. And we begin on, uh, and this is, this is when we begin. We begin on Wednesday, the 32nd of December, 1997. Hmm, okay. You're really not willing to let go of 1997 yet, huh? <laughs> Apparently. Um, as you are, uh, as true today as it was then. <laughs> yes, I don't think that will be any kind of a deliberate joke. Uh, because it oh, is, okay. it is written at 1.45am on Thursday morning. So I've stayed up, you know, to greet in the new year. Mm-hmm. And, um... I don't think I'm doing a joke there. I think I'm just too stupid to know that there's no such thing as the 32nd of December. It's not technically the first mm. until you go to sleep and wake up. Maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit and that is what I'm referring to. But anyway, New Year. And I just realised I can operate my new hi-fi from the bed, even though it's on the desk under the bed, with the remote, boop, by reflecting it off the mirror. Ooh. I mean, I doubt that's how it works, but hey. Yeah, I've noticed that I, it doesn't work in many directions, but if I point it at the mirror, bing bong and under the bed. Get a load of this. <laughs> well, I thought you were just impressed at the notion of a remote control. Trust me, I was. That was why I was disappointed when I went up to the top of the bed and I couldn't get it to do anything. Oh. But I found out how. I've got it. I've got it working now. Uh, Carefully <laughs> angled mirrors. Just a, a network of mirrors. <laughs> yeah. Thursday, the 1st of January, 1998. It's a new year. Can you believe it? Can you? And no, I don't make a New Year's resolution. I'm above such things, apparently. I'm not really one for them. No. No, no, but you would think that little Dave would be, because he goes in for all the pageantry and... This is true, because it is custom, because society demands it. Yeah. He says things like Kuel. He he toes the line, (laughs) culturally. (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, But no, no, I don't seem to be uh, interested in that. But what I am interested in is that I had a great time today on Mobius Muck, (laughs) chatting to E.G. Foxfire and Missy and Asthas and Brightfire, who decreed that we should all be best friends. Well, fair enough. They're good best friends material. I have a lot of best friends now, Abby included. Abby. Ah, yeah. Remember Abby, little Abby. I'm I'm familiar (laughs) with her work. Uh, Listeners, uh, if you haven't been following, I've just recently met a girl called Abby, who I like. And spoilers, I'm now married to in real life. Um, Friday the 2nd, lost media alert, Chris. Uh Listen to this. I don't know what I'm about to be talking about. Because it says, I saw two episodes of Coping With today and one yesterday so i guess i'm hooked but today's were the last in the series well i looked up coping with it appears to be lost without a trace oh so you know what it is i know this about it sorry when you said it was lost media i thought you meant you were about to name something that you could find no trace of like the triple decker saurus <laughs> well no that no that's right that's what it is i don't i i don't remember this I d- i'm surprised to see the name here it doesn't ring a bell i can't find there's no you can't watch it on the internet it's gone. All I've found is that it was a spin-off of a Channel 4 TV movie called Coping with Christmas. Oh, okay. Starring Mini Driver and Alan Cumming and Andrew Robinson, who I believe is Garrick off of DS9, which means I would automatically like to watch it. Well, Coping with Christmas as a title rings the vaguest uh-huh. possible bell, yeah. Mm. But, uh, well. And then it spins off into Coping with dot dot dot, so it'll be a different thing every time. A different thing every episode. Yeah. Oh, and there's no trace of it on Tinternet. Can't find anything. Not even an article about, remember this thing? Because it's gone. Nothing. Uh, which is unusual for something that I'll bring up in this. So, so listeners, if you know about coping with, write in. Uh, apparently, I also watched a Bill Bailey comedy stand-up show. And it Yay, was, Bill Bailey! And it was brilliant. That'll have been the one that ended with human slaves in an insect nation, no doubt. 
Human slaves in an insignition. Oh. <laughs> Saturday. So you didn't you expect me to know that, did you? <laughs> well, not really, no. <laughs> I guess you saw that one as well. On on the 2nd of January 1998, it turns out. No, I think I had it on DVD. <laughs> Saturday, the 3rd of January 1998. <sighs> this could turn out bad Mm-mm. if it all does not go as planned. I won't say what in case... The plan doesn't work, but I think it will. That's the thing. But it doesn't really have a strategy yet. Just an ideal outcome. And that's the end of that. Oh, oh. That's, there's no more details about that are given on the page. Another plot emerges yeah. in to follow through in the diary zone. Yeah. The Foxy Saga climaxes <laughs> one episode. We're still waiting for the payoff to the Times Arrow arc. <laughs> but what new saga begins today? <laughs> the plan. The plan. <laughs> David Bulmer, master planner. <laughs> Nigel Kitching replied. He answered a few questions. Oh, and he wants me to keep him informed of any upcoming Sonic events. And he's going to send me unedited scripts for the Fury stories so that I can change my novelization to suit. Ooh. (laughs) Sunday the 4th. Happy, but confused. I'm happy about everything, but will the plan work? Oh, wow. Okay. This is a fast-moving story arc. Maybe it's a done-in-one. Maybe it's a Monster of the Week episode. (laughs) Monday the 5th, last day of the holes. Today will be so crap. I mean, not only is it school, not only is it a Tuesday, but both my best friends are on holiday. Yarg! I'm going to school and I'm going to be on my own. Yeah, the new term, the first day back after Christmas, I'm going to be sat by myself, back at the class, table on my own. On a table where... So we had like a tutorial group, uh, mm-hmm. which was just what, you know, you, you go in and get the register called. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Form. Form group. Yeah, that's it. That was group, it. Yeah. And we sat at the back of that and nattered away all morning, you know. And uh, the only real memory I have of something happening that was in that in that particular class was the time when I just started idly spinning a pen. I just had a pen. And I was, I would do it now. I was doing it like this. I'm doing this with my pen, right? Spinning it around like this. And then, after a little while of spinning my pen... So, so, listeners, I'm gripping it by one end, the non-nib end, and I'm just spinning, it spinning, 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 spinning. You're spinning your wrist around. Like, a, like Tails is Tails, I'm spinning it. Nerd. And I look around. At some point, I just notice something is off. And I look to Mike, who's sitting next to me, and he's just... He's got his hands over his face, and he's hunched over, because he couldn't think of what to say to stop me. Because... Across his hands and his face and the wall behind him is just this row of ink dots. Oh, God. <laughs> was it a fountain pen? It was a fountain pen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, could, he couldn't say anything. He couldn't go, stop. He couldn't go, Dave, because he knew it would be futile. <laughs> anyway, Tuesday the 6th, the first day when I'm sitting by myself, and I'm getting introspective. I, I, I'm just sitting oh, there thinking. Because I'm not sitting there chatting. F- Go. I can't do any voices or make any sex humour. <laughs> so I'm off in my own head. If I can get the plan to work... Oh, fucking hell, right? <laughs> my life's going to be perfect. If not, that could be my entire plans for the future fecked up. I wonder <sighs> why you were so afraid to write this down. Yeah. I've got to get this right first time. I don't know whether or not it'll work, but I hope so. Because otherwise... Ah, well, if not, it'll be okay, I suppose. Oh. But I've got to act fast, or it'll all be over. I can't let that happen. Right? (laughs) I smiled 
throughout humanities. Mike and Ash are on holiday, Sir was in a badish mood, and yet there I was, smiling. All the time. I don't know. I think Lauren and Rachel noticed, at least in English. Well, it's fine for them, isn't it? But I haven't told anyone. Except my cat, Skippy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, think I know what's going on here. Do you know what's going on here? I mean, I have a notion, but I, I felt like I had a notion about other things too, and now I don't know, I don't know myself anymore, Dave. Well, that's all there is about that for now. There's the no more was... today. Oh Not no! Today. That for the for the plan. There's no more today. Food.jpg is a little subtitle. Do you remember I used to do little subtitles? Vaguely. Yeah, I would do just like a header, and here's one, which is food.jpg. Sent a picture of me, so I don't know why it's called food.jpg. To Abby and Braid. And Abby's going to scan a picture of herself. We've been meaning to swap pics for some time. You scratch your name on your pencil box. Mm. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you like a girl. <laughs> Friday the 9th. Sebby, that was someone I knew on the internet, got to go to her internet boyfriend's house at Christmas. She had a wonderful time. And if the plan works... Maybe I will be partaking in similar events. How teenage diary has this got? You're on board now, listeners, right? All this is, is I like Abby. Didn't take long, did it? No, didn't, did it? Well, we're best friends. We're phoning each other. We're sending pictures to each other. Well, I haven't got one of her yet. Yeah, I think that's what's going on, and I don't mind Laura. I don't mind the girls having noticed that I'm sitting smiling to myself. But I, but it's lucky the boys aren't here to see Ooh. that, and I've only told my cat. <laughs> oh, yes. When did I tell my cat? I'll have been sitting on the bed with my cat, won't I? Going, hey Skippy, I've got a plan. <laughs> the comics decided me and Abby should try and do the entire Mobius series as graphic novels. After reading through the notes I made last summer in my increasingly priceless pad, I think what I mean is the pages are falling out, I'm really excited. Do you? I thought you were maybe bigging up the future value of the, yeah. these are the handwritten notes. The legendary. That formed the basis for what would definitely be the greatest Sonic story ever on the internet. Oh, can you imagine though, right? It would actually have been pretty cool if me and Abby had done a series of graphic novels telling all the stories of the Sonic games. I wish we'd done it. We started. Yeah, not not if it was the say when you said the Mobius saga, I assumed you meant secrets and end. So what it was because that would not have been good. What it was <laughs> was it was secrets and end, but it also it started with this. Pre, I think we discussed it before. It started with this prehistoric story about Jacob as a child, and then it ran through the Sonic games, and then it got to end of Mobius and then secrets of Mobius. So yes, so the bits in the middle would have been good. You've been spared that, folks. Saturday the 11th, Abby is really excited about the idea of making graphic novels of the Mobius series, and so am I. She'll make such a good job of it! She showed me her... Wait for it, says in the diary. Drawings of Eggman... Ugh, I didn't even... Ugh, 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 sorry, ugh. <laughs> Took me a minute to process what you're even implying there. Ugh, no! Stop it! I know her. She's my friend. Ah, <laughs> of Eggman and Metalla, and they're both great. Don't don't know Metalla. Is that the, the singular of Metallics? I don't a know. female Metallics, obviously. Oh, I don't remember Come that. On, it could no. be, couldn't it? Yeah. Come on, figure out how it works. It's, it's Metal Sonic, but it's got a bow and yeah. painted fingernails. Yeah, yeah, and a couple of cones. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> they're perfect in every way. She's the best friend I could ever wish to have. 
And she told me I'm the best friend she ever had, too. Which is nice. Aww. Uh, that, by the way, uh, for Americans, that was a... I don't mean a sarcastic, which is nice. I mean an, a deliberately comedically underplayed, which is nice. Which was a running joke on the Fast Show. And Genevieve's uncle died unexpectedly and left me all his yachts. Which was nice. <laughs> Sunday, also the 11th. I <laughs> don't know which one's the real 11th. Oh, good question. There's a little retraction here. Um, mm. What do they call it in the control zone when they have to... Hume error alert. Hume error. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I said Abby's the best friend I could ever wish for, I said it just after commenting on her brilliant art, and I'd just like to point out, that was a mere coincidence. I am not only friends with her for her art. <laughs> Even though it you is amazing. only her art. <laughs> I forgot that. I was her friend before I saw any of her art. Who's that for? Who's that for? The archaeologists, <laughs> like. Yes. Yeah. I think I'm just constantly assuming that one day my either my friends will just find my diary or some old knows will broadcast it on whatever the equivalent of national radio is in 2024. You're always <laughs> so self-censorious. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why I censor the swears in this. Maybe that's carried on from that. <laughs> and somebody might listen. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have thought so. My mum might hear. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm worried my mum will read it. I, I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's my guess. That's the diary zone. That's it. We're, that, we're back to reality now. <laughs> but what is reality? <laughs> In the face of a life lived like that. <laughs> so, but it's just, That's just, a story about how you met the woman that lives in your house now. That's it. To summarise today's diary zone, it's a teenager falling in love. And that, no, you know, you put it like that. No, no, yeah, bad. It's, but it's but in such a in such a what? stupid way. <laughs> Amy. Breakout, part one, written by Lou Stringer, art by Andy Pritchett, colours by Steve White, haven't seen Steve White in a while. No. And letters by Gordon Robson. Oh, here he is again, Gordon Robson. Yep, that's him. Before returning to her homeworld, Amber the Alien gifts Shortfuse with a computer program created using her planet's Psy technology, which finally frees Shorty from his cybernic armour. What? I know! Shorty attends a New Year's party with Amy and Techno, which is disrupted by a rather useless villain named the Party Pooper and his magnetic ray. Our heroes quickly thwart the pooper's attempt to poop the party, but the <laughs> waves of his magnetic ray do reach a nearby top security prison, where they reactivate Short Fuse's long dormant <laughs> rival, Vermin the Cybernet. Alright, this is cool. Oh yeah, no, this is yeah. what I'm here for. Wait for this. So, not having remembered, I'm t I feel like you've dropped hints, but not having remembered that this is Shorty getting out of his armor this episode. No, no I I'll stop you right oh. there. I don't know. No, oh. this is. I didn't remember this. Oh, I'm wondering if he has to go back inside of it by the time the story's yeah. over. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was really surprised to see. I properly went what when I was reading this because it happens at the top of page two you know it happens to me and, yeah. it, and it, the doing of it takes place on page one so I was like oh my god but also there is of course you know straight away you're like yeah but we're only on page two so what's this going to be is he, what's going to go wrong yeah yeah I'm expecting him to be back in the armour but then they I don't know because they do explicitly say he can choose to use it he can yeah. go in and out of it as he pleases now there's no need for him to be 
sealed in it again other than to preserve the tragedy of the character now you can still have stories with shorty the cybernick because he can still use the armor so the only reason to do it is to preserve the tragedy of the character yeah which is a fine reason to do it which is a fine reason to do it but now i'm wondering if they're going to do it yeah i actually went oh when i was reading this listen 1998 kicking off strong Uh, yeah isn't it? This is another three-stringer Sonic strip issue with mm-hmm. a kitchen decap. It was a strong Sonic got a start, third string and, then, and then coming in here with the Looniverse expansion in the Amy and Techno strip up the back, bringing Short Fuse's story to what appears to be some form of conclusion. But I'm doubtful. Mm. I, I, you know, I think the tragedy may may be retained. We'll see. We'll see. So, um, so Amber then, this alien that we've got from mm. Calm Down. Calm Down. I don't think we have mentioned the name of that planet once. <laughs> one of us hasn't said it, and then the other hasn't said it in an exaggerated Cockney accent immediately afterwards. What else are you supposed to do? Of course, there's of no course. way. <laughs> um, her sort of present that she just gives to Short Fuse for no reason. She's not handing out presents. It's just for Short mm. Fuse. The program is delivered in the form of essentially a magic spell. She like conjures yeah. up a lot of sparkles from her hand and sends them over to him. And he's like, what? I well, didn't know. are not computer programs just a load of sparkles? Indeed. 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 In our primitive technology, the sparkles are contained within things so we can't see them. Yeah. In, in there, and, and she says this. She's like, listen, it is a science beyond your understanding. Now it is within your armor's system. And yeah, it's a it's a computer program. She says computer she program. Just touches him on the shoulder, yeah, transfers it in. Psy technology it is. And this just causes the whole thing to unlock and the head pivots back and the chest opens out and he climbs out. And look at him there with his little face. Look at him now. Man, two years and fighting Robotnik really uh, put the years on Shorty. He's gone grey. <laughs> oh, yes. yes, Shorty was a red squirrel uh, when he originally appeared, but he is coloured grey in this trip. <laughs> is that what grey squirrels are? They're just old. Just old squirrels. Yeah, that's how it works, right? Yeah. They get older and more aggressive. You know, they become more conservative as they go older. <laughs> <laughs> That's when they start burying those nuts, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, the gateway between their worlds is closing. Their, mm. their worlds are coming out of alignment, which is why Amber has to leave. So she wishes them love and peace, and Shorty is just ready mm. to party in techno quips. <laughs> well, after two years in that armor, maybe you should have a bath first. <laughs> <laughs> like that. And then I didn't know what was going on because the next two pages uh-huh. are one of those cute little Mobians that Andy Pritchett draws that we've seen before. Little raccoony, moly, mm. nondescript, animally looking things. Yeah. Done up like the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Who's got a giant magnet and he's going to stop the bell from striking midnight on the big central clock in, yeah. well, wherever they are, in the Metropolis Zone. And that means it will... He's frozen time by stopping the clock from striking. It will never be 1998. (laughs) I'm on this guy's side. I think you should do that. (laughs) Well, as Amy points out, time doesn't stand still if you stop a clock, you donut. (laughs) You donut. And then Techno points out, it's a brass bell, so a magnet won't affect it. And it rings in the new year without interruption. Never was very good at science, says the pooper. <laughs> That's his whole thing. He's just the party pooper. He's like, ah, oh, they're in a big party. No, we're going to spoil it. Spoil it. Yeah. So he turns his magnet ray on Short Fuse to destroy him. Oh. But uh, yeah, Short Fuse isn't in the armor, so he just no. jumps up and beats him up <laughs> instead. And anyway, it would just make him go over there, though. It wouldn't destroy him. Yeah. Well, it might, you know, maybe it could crush him with magnetic force or something. Oh, yes. If it's that, it is quite a big magnet. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No. 
It's a magnetic ray. Because <laughs> I did have this moment at the end of the strip where I was like, but it was just a big magnet. <laughs> no, it is specifically a magnetic ray gun device oh. that Andy Pritchett has comically uh, chosen to render on. as a large horseshoe magnet on treads. On treads. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And when Short Fuse tackles him, it bumps the ray, which then begins pulling a load of scaffolding down on top of them. And Short Fuse freaks out for a moment because he doesn't know what to do because he's not wearing his armor. Yeah, I like this bit, yeah, because yeah, normally, yeah. normally just stand there. No problem. Clang. No problem. No, one would hope that's seeding something to follow up in the next part of the strip. Oh, sure yeah. Fuse now has to, like, discover how to deal with life. Yeah. Readjust to life outside the armory. He was all happy for a moment, but he's like, whoa, wait, whoa, is he, is he going to develop some kind of, like, syndrome where he only feels safe inside mm, the yeah. armor? Probably not, right, but there's an idea for you. Well, I mean, he's a bit useless and weak now, so he's probably going to go, like, oh, I don't know, I was better off inside. Hey, and- now, hold on. Shorty the Squirrel was ready to lap into a fight with anybody, even without his armor. He's not hes not useless and weak. He was ready to kick balls. No, but he is. Look at him. He stood there going, oh, no, oh, no. And Amy has to push him out of the way. That doesn't make him... That doesn't make him useless and weak. All right. It just makes him... Listen, listen, get off his nuts, right? (laughs) He doesn't like when people touch them. No. That's why he hides them so deep. (laughs) Well, all right, whatever then. Not useless and weak, but in the... And and if if I was under a giant tower of scaffolding falling on me, I'd be useless and weak. I'm not having a go. I would simply <laughs> die. <laughs> but um, that's that's I wonder. That might be the res- resolution of it. Is like, oh, don't like not having my strong armor. I'll go. And of mm. course, he's gonna have to fight flipping vermin, isn't he? Yes. So we wrap up this bit with the scaffolding crashes down on top of the ray, knocks it out, and Techno tells the party pooper he's got to be the most useless villain they've <laughs> ever met, and he goes, "I only turn to crime because I'm never invited to parties." <laughs> They make a joke about needing a magnetic personality, uh-huh. and he's going to make a New Year's resolution to do good, and that's that. The, the, he is a little nothing. He's a funny little nothing because he's not the point of the story. And I thought maybe that was going to be it until I flipped to the final page, <laughs> <laughs> where Vermin the Cybernick knocked out since the electromagnetic pulse yeah. in issue one hundred is finally brought back online by some of these magnetic waves that have carried to the prison nearby. I'm not a prisoner anymore, fools. Punches the wall in. Yeah. Let the world beware. Vermin the Cybernick is out for revenge. Oh yeah. Happy New Year! Ah! <laughs> Great. Next issue, fight to the finish. I'd be willing to put money down that this story, however long it lasts, and I must say fight to the finish does kind of make it sound like it's only a two-parter. Yep. I'd be willing to put money down on this being the final appearance of Vermin. Oh, yeah. J- just because sure, it yeah. feels like that's where we are in the comic yeah. now. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. Is it going to be the end of Vermin? Because Stringer's pretty good about, uh, you know, he ended Metamorpheus' story. Mm. And um, and I can't think of another example, but he ended well, Metamorpheus' story, you know. Yes, that's, yeah, he ended Brutus' story, yeah. Uh, so I would hope that the story will feature some kind of end. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe uh, a short fuse can transfer the computer program into Vermin. And, and free him. Oh, oh maybe that's yeah. it. Oh, okay. Here's my my prediction. Now, I didn't do well on that supersonic one. Here's my <laughs> prediction. Short Fuse has to sacrifice the yes. computer program yes. from his armor to put it into Vermin to get Vermin out of his cybernic armor. That's it. Trapping himself over again. True hero. What do you I... think? What do you think? What do, we, what do we think of the odds, folks? That's got to be it. And if it isn't... <laughs> uh, then I think... 
We need Just to wreck like on it. with my supersonic prediction, <laughs> mine would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't put it. We'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, that's my guess. That's my guess for how it's gonna go, and that will be absolutely fine. Yeah. Mm. Oh, this was a good one, wasn't it? Was, it was, wasn't it? Vermin, eh? Yeah. Short fuse is venom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Straightforward stuff. Like, not in any way a particularly interesting character mm. personality-wise. No. Just a stinky version of short fuse. <laughs> Just an evil negative colors version of short fuse. Yeah. A purple and orange short fuse who is a rat instead of a squirrel, <laughs> and they will fight next time. Oh, I'm quite looking forward. I'm, I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Jangle the keys for me, Lou. Show me things I know. <laughs> Super Sonic, this first letter is captioned. Dear Megadroid, I really enjoyed reading the last Super Sonic story, which finished in issue 118, as I think he's crazy but cool. Well... <laughs> Could you please tell me in which issue Sonic first turned Super? That's from Claire Riches. In Ash Winning. Durham. And uh, Megadroid says, yes, it was in issue number seven, which, for trivia buffs, was when artist Richard Elson first joined the STC clan. What a significant issue. Haley's Combat! Like Haley's Comet. Combat. Combat. Haley's Combat! <laughs> Dear Megadroid, I would like to know the answer to two things, please. One, when is the Sega Channel coming to the West Midlands and the Dudley and Wolverhampton areas? Um, is that how they talk there? Dudley. Dudley. And two, Dudley. also, how come Lynn Triplett has had her name in the comic twice? Once in STC 84 and again in STC 110, when I can't even get a letter or drawing published once. And that's from Hayley Gonderton, perhaps an imperfect impression there of Hayley, Pensnet. West Midlands enamel badge prize winner. Lynn Triplett's had her name in the comic more than twice. Yeah. But one's not keeping score. No, and again now. <laughs> Megadroid replies to that one. Unfortunately, Sega say they have no plans for the Sega channel to operate at the West Midland. It seems to be just in England's northwest and northeast. Can't be much longer for this world either. I'd be astonished if it's still running. Hold on, let's check. <laughs> Oh, no, it will not be discontinued for another seven months. Hmm. So there you go. July, end of July 1998 of shutdown. And in answer to the second question, I can't even get a letter or drawing published once. He just says, oh, yes, you can. So well done, Hayley, for getting... Well, 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 well done. That. Yes. Four letters, incidentally, in this one. Did you notice instead of the usual the, three? Yeah. Yes, I did notice, and I was very pleased, therefore, with the new redesign of Speedlines for accommodating that. Yeah, room for it, no? Because yes. they've scrunched up all the details and the prize and everything up into the header bar, up into mm. the masthead. So there's room. I wonder, I wonder if that's going to be something going forward, because yeah. this third letter is quite short. A uh, dear SDC, <laughs> I say, I say, I say, Mr. Bulmer, uh -huh. what's blue and prickly and squirts to jam at you? Don't care what's blue and prickly and squirts jam at you. Play along, Mr. Boomer, I say, I say, I say, Mr. Boomer, I say, uh, what's blue and prickly and squirts jam at you? Uh, uh, Sonic eating a jam donut! <laughs> boom, boom! Boom, boom. See, the thing about those jokes is that usually you, it, you're supposed to be able to think of them as another thing, aren't you? You're supposed to, what, like, what's brown and sticky? Well, not a always. Stick. No, not always. But, I don't know, I feel like they're the best ones. The best ones are. The best ones, yes. Mm. It's like, you know, what's what's black and white and red all over? There could be anything. That could know? be any number of things, yeah. Yeah. I guess what's brown and sticky a stick is the best one of these jokes. Yes, it is. It That's is the, the best one. The, the transcendence of the genre is all sorted out and done with, so we don't have to do any more of these. 
Never once again, ever. Megadroid has no response, just screams in large capital letters, PLEASE SEND IN NAME AND ADDRESS! ENAMEL BADGE PRIZE WINNER! <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't say that in capital letters on any of the other letters. That's, nope, that's just really that one. Chaotix Return. Dear Megadroid, it's always the obvious characters that readers think are the coolest. However, my faves are strangely disappearing from STC. I'm speaking about Supersonic and Chaotix. I demand that you bring them back! And that is from Richard, and then a surname for which I've found no fewer than 15 distinct pronunciations online, described by people either angrily or amusedly insisting that everyone other than them is wrong, with an implication that if you pick the wrong one, you are racist. The name is spelled simply NG. Please do write in with your suggestions, but bear in mind that the only one I'm really going to listen to is that of Richard himself, who should write to stctpodcast at gmail.com. Of Dublin, Republic of Ireland, and Megadroid replies, Oh, all right then. The good news is that Chaotix are back oh! with Knuckles oh! in the very next issue. However, Supersonic is resting after his recent series. Yeah, don't care, mate. Give me four. Do, do not give a shit <laughs> on Knuckles and Chaotic Strip next issue. Because yeah. you know, that means yeah. that like the last couple of issues, it's a kitching else and Sonic in the front. And it's a, I've got to assume, well, a kitching Dobbin, Knuckles and Chaotic Strip. And then two loos in the back. We'll see. We'll see. You never know, do you? I mean, I feel pretty confident. <laughs> now, speaking of... Uh... <laughs> now, speaking of artists getting their name in the comic a few times... A few times? <laughs> play it. Play the jingle. Here she is. It's Alison Edley of Roland's Gill and Tyne and Weir, who's drawn Sonic... Having a little party for himself. Yep. It's the uh, the old piece of art. That it's, uh, it's the cover of the yearbook, I think, isn't it? Yes, that's what it is. I knew I yeah. knew it was a piece of Elson art. Yes, it's Sonic doing a thumbs up with streamers and balloons around He's him. got a little balloon. And the caption says, Sonic's hot air hog money. Alison Headley, you will remember, folks, who has been, I think, three times now at this point. Uh -huh. Three pictures. No, we do remember who she is this time yes. around. She was the, the creator, creator of, of Fist the Echidna. Echidna. Alison. Yes. Oh, for goodness sake, get in touch, Alison. You must be listening. You simply must. <laughs> I've, uh, As I've been listening back through the series, I've been making notes of when we go, Alison Headley, that's a that's familiar name. Have name. we heard yeah, that before? It's happened twice. It's happened more than twice. <laughs> Issue 60. It, oh, no, that might be when she first appears. I don't know. Issue yes, 64. That sounds about right, yes. We, in Fist Issue 71, we finally recognise the name. And then she's up again in issue 77, where she sounds familiar yet again. <laughs> oh, for pick all just for art? Um, I haven't noted that down. Because I remember she was in a Q-Zone at one point. Yeah, I haven't noted down why, so it could be for any number of reasons. Mm. And that's the ones I noted down. Maybe there are others I missed. <laughs> Cyber-stalking this one person 30 <laughs> years after the fact. Sorry, Alison, but like in our favour, at least we're not actually cyber-stalking you. We're just hoping you'll listen to this and get in touch. <laughs> and the other picture is from Alan Ogle from Doncaster in South Humberside. It's Robotnik with a big explosion. <laughs> it's Robotnik's head with a sort of a big explosion over where his body would be. It's Robotnik exploding, yeah. And in the middle of the explosion, it says 1998. Yes, and I don't detect any tampering. I think... Uh, Your gut wants you to look mm, for it, doesn't mm, it? Mm. Because it's so up to the minute. Because why why would you draw Dr. Robotnik exploding and in the explosion it says 1998? Simply, why would you draw that? That doesn't make any right, sense indeed. at all. But this is a question we could ask 
of many pictures that have been sent into Sonic the Comic over the years. Robotnik's explosive New Year captioned. All I've got is that maybe this is part of a picture in which other stuff is happening that might explain this. But I can't begin to imagine what. Who knows? Have we any New Year's well wishing in our own mailbag? It's your letters, it's your letters. It's your letters, it's your letters. That's right, we've got our own mailbag. We're continuing speed lines on into this new millennium. And uh, you can write to it by sending stuff to stctpodcast at gmail.com. We'll accept whatever letters, recordings, videos pictures anything you've got and here is a letter from blade underscore lily who says hi chris and dave i just wanted to say as someone who has read archie sonic brackets oh no uh oh and stc i would say the observation that sonic is more of a nose in stc kind of falls flat because <gasps> i remember archie sonic in its early days sonic got to be quite a nose at different times so really stc sonic has is <laughs> I, I accidentally said has what I should have said is, so really, mm-hmm. STC Sonic is no more of a nose than Archie Sonic, to be honest. But you try telling that to the young people of today. <laughs> that said, STC wins over Archie Sonic since it's not full of over-the-top drama. Sincerely, Blade underscore Lily. Quite right. Well put, Blade underscore Lily. <laughs> Here's one from Dave Morris, who says, Hi guys, loving the podcast. Just wanted to ask... If you've played Sonic Superstars, I couldn't help but notice they've made Sonic's eyelids flesh-coloured. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the developers are listeners to your podcast so made sure he had the right eyelids? Keep up the awesome work. And that's from Dave Morrish, Game Gear, Dreamcast, and Mega Drive Mini owner. Oh, well, no, no, I have not played Sonic Superstars have you yet. Not? No, oh no, no. At the time of recording, I have yeah. not. But this episode will be coming out something like a week <laughs> after, after Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. So, quite possible by the time you listen to this, I will have. I have played it. Um, uh, no, but the, an- the uh, I like the I like the sentiment. No, the answer is no. The answer is that Classic Sonic has Classic Sonic has flesh-colored eyelids. That's yeah. that's canon. Yeah, and modern Sonic has blue. When he entered his chrysalis state in his yeah. teenage years, yeah. and he emerged with blue eyelids. That's just what happens during hedgehog puberty. Yeah, there's a sort of repigmentation happens. One day he wakes up. Yeah. That's been going on, what, presumably since Generations, I would have thought. It, well, it was the remaster of Adventure that changed the colour of his eyelids. We concluded this, didn't we? With with input from various listeners and, and photographic evidence. Yes, that's when the eyelids turned blue, but Classic Sonic, I think, has had the flesh eyelids since Generations. Yes, and I think that they have treated that as a delineation point. Mm. Yeah, before that, he has flesh eyelids, and after that, he has blue. Yeah, <laughs> those are the character designs. Hmm. Weird, weird, weird behavior. It's so strange. I mean, what it'll be is that they just coloured it a certain way at one point and went, oh no, and then someone went, that's canon now, and now they're all stuck with it. Well, I think that's how the majority of Sonic lore gets formed these yeah. days. Somebody cocks up. Yeah. And, uh, like, at time of recording, there's this flap going on about Ian Flynn's opinion about Blaze the Cat. Oh my god, yeah. And, like, that's already a mess. Like, Blaze was from an alternate universe in Sonic Rush, and Eggman Nega was from that universe too. But then Sonic 06 rolled around and Blaze was in the Silver's future time. Yeah. And then in the Sonic Rivals games, they said Eggman Nega was from the future, not from another <laughs> dimension. Listen, they don't know what they're doing and never have. It is literally only now that they've let Ian Flynn yeah. come in and be part of this, what do they call it? 
lower manager something like that management this lower group that they've tried to in any way have anything consistent going on there was a hot minute in the early 2000s from adventure through to shadow the hedgehog Mm -hmm. where they tried to have some kind of story that went from game to game yeah and ever since then and everything before like we've talked about how even the classic games don't make any sense there's no consistency to the chaos emerald lore in the original 16-bit mega drive titles nah don't worry about it. It's fine. And it's so frustrating trying to read anything about it on oh, no. the Sonic Wiki. Oh. Because they don't include any real life context, no. even in the notes section. No. They're not like, and that was because of this, and this happened yeah. because of that. Yeah. Oh my goodness me. The stuff that people yell at Ian Flynn for. It's stuff that no adult should ever care about at all. Just Sonic, man. Sonic and his fans. To hell with them! As I said at the top of the show. Just burn directly. We'll burn down there with you. It's the price I'm willing to pay to make sure you all go there. Chris is going to sell his soul. You're coming with me. To steal the souls. I'm not going to hell. You go by yourself. You deal with that. Oh, I'll drag you down, boy. (laughs) I know you will. You'll be like Jafar's hand pulling Iago's foot. Jafar pulling Iago down into the lamp after him. That's exactly what'll happen, yeah. We've got one here from Ruben Turnall, who has sent us a couple of drawings for the Graphic Zone. Hey! Um, and an attached email. Hey, Humes, I drew some pictures of Sonic and was wondering what you think about them. Safe to say, Ruben, they're lovely little Sonic Prime Sonics. Yeah. Are they both Sonic Primes? I feel like the first one is. The first one is. Maybe the second one is a... Has he got the soap shoes on? Are those? That's what I'm wondering. I uh, think so. The soap sho- and he's got the bracelet. Don't you get that bracelet in Sonic? So that's one a, of the Sonic Adventures? That's a one of the Sonic Adventures Sonic. It must be the second one with the uh, uh, see, this is it. You know, whenever you've got people actually out there creating fan works like this who yeah. clearly know more yeah. about it than we do, you yeah. know? <laughs> well, because they know about modern Sonic stuff, you know, and I'm not yeah. so good. All on I that. know is it's a lovely little Sonic. It is great. And you can tell it's modern Sonic, apart from anything else, made sure to give him the green eyes there. Yes. Well done, Ruben. I like actually how they've done the eyes there. No yeah. black pupils. Yeah. Just that they're all green. Those look nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's nice. Um, but Ruben then schools us. Turns out we were wrong a minute ago. Oh, correction um, in live time, as if reaching yeah. back five minutes. Because Ruben is literally corrected. This is a coincidence, and we did not read this ahead of time. Complete coincidence. Ruben is correcting us about something we've literally just said. Sonic's eyelids were skin tone in Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 yep. on the Dreamcast. Right about this. Oh, even as late as 2, right? Oh, I yeah. I didn't realise it was as late as 2. Yeah, okay. you did. Yeah, you did. Because you said, you correctly said, the next thing that Ruben says, which is that in Sonic Adventure DX, the remaster... Yeah, the blue I eyelid. guess I didn't really think about how the remaster came out after 2. Oh. But that was years after SDC ended. Yes. Sonic's eyelids being blue in a game first appeared in Sonic Advance for the Game Boy Advance in 2001. So that's after 2, right? That's after Sonic Adventure 2. It must be, but before the DX game the, the remaster on the where GameCube. They, they changed it to... to bring it all into alignment oh there you go there you flip in in real time who knew thanks for that ruben thank you well reckon that bring us to the end of another issue and indeed the end of 1997 hey oh gosh it is the end of 1997 it is before we talk about next issue and the start of 1998 yeah what it's it's been an odd year hasn't it 97 Mm. as we welcome in 98 97 was the year of change really wasn't it I mean, this was the year the page count went down at the start of 97. We lost the ads, and that precipitated the loss of the review zone and the the Q zone. Still a disappointment. Indeed, still. Well, the review zone. Not so much the Q zone. Well, yeah, true. (laughs) Um, 
But we opened the year fairly strongly with uh, the the build up to issue one hundred. Yeah, and we had like our one hundredth episode. I think is still going to stand as a great highlight oh, yeah. of the podcast, even Definitely. years from now when we're finished. You know, yeah. Thanks again to Steph and Sarah uh-huh. for being on that episode, and to Nigel Kitching and Richard Elson for yeah. doing the interviews. And to Gary Terza for doing our little intro for us. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that's still amazing. I like to go back and listen to that every now. I know and I do just, sometimes. Yeah. Just, just hear your name in his mouth. Yeah, right? yeah. Just to, <laughs> just to wriggle into the warm, comforting blanket of that. Mm, yeah, Channel Four. Mm. But then in the post issue one hundred landscape, we find it rough. It's been rough going, you know, mm-hmm. in the back half of the year. As we've tried to adjust to the new direction, yeah. if it is a new direction, yeah. the new, well, not the new direction of the comic stories, but the tone shift that's come along with them. There have been bright spots along the way, and oh, certainly yeah. now over the last couple of months in particular, I think we've felt a great relief in yeah. knowing there's good times ahead still. Yeah, I'm not worried anymore, and I was. Mm, yeah, it's been a year of ups and downs, and thank goodness we end the year and start 1998 off the back of a run of highs. You know, it's a funny... 1997, when I think back to, like, Sonic in 1997, if I think of 1995, STC, STC, 1996, STC, 1997 for me is the internet. Yeah, clearly, and you can absolutely see why. And obviously 1997 for me was the year I got my PlayStation at Christmas. Yeah, so 1997 is a big Sonic year for me, but not because of Sonic the comic. because of Sonic the comic, Except for if issue 100 was in this year, was it? It was, yeah, yeah, it was back in March. Do you know what? Then 2023 has been a longer year than it's felt. <laughs> because 2020, there's something about, because we're leaving that year as well. We're leaving two years here, 97 yeah, and 2023. 2023. And for me, 2023 has been, I've been, for some reason, different to 2022. I've felt bad at how fast we're getting through 2023. And I don't quite know why that is i'm just like no settle down <laughs> it's just a fear of the passage of time in it but no be. i mean we've we've had a lot on just personally in 2023 yeah. work-wise and going places mm. wise you know it's mm. been it, yeah when you it's been 20 issues since issue 100 and that was in that <laughs> yeah. that issue came out in march when i came over to visit you in manchester and came out oh, that weekend yeah, that i was there yes yeah we went to alton towers we did we went to <laughs> tf nation minicon yeah and now the notion of that happening again is now, like, looming there yeah, on the horizon. Any day, yeah. I just got through the last big one thing I had to do this year. It was Thought Bubble. So Thought Bubble in November, Christmas in December, take a breath in January. <laughs> oh, sh- no, it's going to be March in a month. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's how it goes. It's too fast. It's too fast. Too fast? Welcome to the 20th century! <laughs> we got to go fast, though. So we'll meet you in 1998 for some more Sonic the Comic. You might be listening to this in 2024 already, in which case, as I said last issue, you know, we'd just like to say thank you for listening yeah. once again for another another full year with us. I guess now at the start of the year, it's really about beginning the countdown to the fifth birthday. Yeah. But that's in May, June time yeah. of this year. So still still under five, six months away. But that's kind of like the big climax of everything Kitching and Elson have been doing since the fourth birthday. There's really a through line that runs between the fourth and fifth birthday. But for now, we will begin 1998 next time with issue number 121. Jump to it! Next issue. 
We got a picture of a Mick McMahon wrong Sonic with his spikes going ever. I'm going to start saying it like it's one word. Wrong Sonic. <laughs> spikes going all over the place and he's jumping towards us through a hole in uh, in another one of these pieces of Gary Knight background metal. Yes, it's the spikes on one side of his head are pointing up and on the other side of his head are pointing down, even though it's a head-on view. It's very interesting. Doing like a whole clockwise fan. Yes, it's, uh, yeah. Interesting. 30 baseball jackets to win. Sega Sational Compo. Plus three new stories. Sonic! Hobson and Choi, ahoy! Hobson and Choi, ahoy! <laughs> Knuckles, Echidna on the run! Double Sonic, B prepared, like a Charmy's B. Like a Charmy's B. Like a Honey's B. And a decap attack pinup. Okay. Plus an extra fab combo. Oh. Win the latest giant. Oh. Giant, air quotes, giant. Remember, giant is the, the, brand name. the brand of bike when the latest giant bike stc and that's another giant bike compo right that's not the, the last time wasn't just an advert for this well the last one was the sun pat peanut butter wasn't it yeah so this is yeah another giant bike compo okay will it be run by sun pat who knows that's the question i've Maybe we can talk about buttering toast for the third time in a year <laughs> Better stock up on the sun patch just in case, because I'll get the nibbles for it. <laughs> STC 121 on sale Wednesday, the 14th of January, 1998. Still priced £1.25. When you're looking for that issue, you will find it. Most places, good podcasts are available, but you can download it directly from our website at stctp.zone. And as I'm sure you will see on that website, we're on the socials. The podcast is Sonic Podcast and adjust for Mastodon and Blue Sky as you need to by putting all gubbins in the address. Um, in your social of choice. Yeah. And uh, we're on those places as well. I'm at Demon Tomato Dave. I am at Chris McFeely. And you'll find us both on YouTube under those names as well. I'm a bit more active on there than Dave is these days, I say. <laughs> oh, yes. I've got to edit this. He's got ideas. He just don't got time. <laughs> just, yeah, just don't do them. Um, <laughs> well, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> um, but if you enjoy the podcast and you want to support it, then do so over at patreon.com forward slash stctp, where you will be richly, and I do mean richly, richly count them richly rewarded. You will be rewarded about the face with all of <laughs> and our neck content. Until you are sorry. <laughs> Dead! Yeah, sorry, that's right. Yeah. No, uh, by the time you hear this, we will have completed oh. all four. Wow! Count them! <laughs> Count them! Count them! Four Martin Adams novels. We have completed our read throughs of those. By the time this episode goes out, you can watch them all. Look at our stupid faces, yeah, our stupid faces as we it. talk about those books which started poorly, got really good, oh. and, and and then really coasted off that one through the end. <laughs> and hey, they coasted well, because, you know, we lasted 26 years still being like, they were brilliant, weren't they? <laughs> and then we read them. Yeah, but the one we thought was brilliant remains brilliant. Was. We've also got yes. the, uh, the interview with the author of that one. James Wallace, mm -hmm. he's on there as well. That's still exclusive so far. And sad to say, the end of 1997 has not brought about the end <laughs> of my suffering as we continue to go through Dave's teenage fanfiction, The Secrets of Mobius. That's right. Which he threatened to make a graphic novel of once. <laughs> and our opening theme song is called Synchronize. That's by Sonic the Comic, the band you can find at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com. But we have been Sonic the Comic, the podcast, and we will see you, boomers, next, next year! year.